You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go my back. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach. And we are a Camillus Anthony podcast that occasionally talks fantasy basketball. Natty, how are you doing today? I'm well, buddy. How are you doing? I am good. I am relishing at the thought of neither the Brooklyn Nets nor the Los Angeles Lakers making it to the finals, despite the fact that every single available free agent is signing there, deciding that that is the easiest way to a uh, chip. So I'm taking solace in that. Well, uh, congratulations. I, <laughs> Thank you. I hope that means that Boston in this scenario does make the finals or do you at least? I mean, I would, I would love for that to happen. I could care. I mean, as a Patriots, I mean, as a Celtics fan, I would love that. But as a, just a general basketball fan, part of me is very excited now, especially the Nets. Feel like the Nets signing Lamarcus Aldridge, getting Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin basically like cheating his way out of Detroit to go to the Nets. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the, and then the Nets like haven't played Kyrie at all, haven't played Kevin Durant at all because Kyrie, I guess, just had a kid, so that's legit. Uh, and and KD is uh, is being nursed for some sort of mysterious injury, which is sinking my fantasy team. Thanks, KD. I know that's what you care about. Uh, I, I'm excited for you know year one of the Heat to to come strike the nets down. Uh, the cynical part of me thinks that they're holding Durant out. I mean, I think they're just being really safe with him, and I would. Oh, they're 100 holding him out for the playoffs. I mean, who knows? They um, are. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then never mind. <laughs> And perhaps being conservative with Kyrie because they feel like there's a chance that Harden could win the MVP. Which and he is a legit, legit shot at. I mean, people are discounting him because of the team he's on. But if you like, honestly, how, how much has he played with KD and Kyrie? Like it's been basically the James Harden show since he's arrived and KD got injured shortly after. And then Kyrie has kind of you know been doing his own stuff. Right. He's been the one consistent thing the Beard has um, out of that trio in Brooklyn since he arrived. And that's why Brooklyn wanted him, because yeah. maybe they knew that Kevin Durant would be uh, unavailable for stretches going forward. And that, uh, you know, Kyrie also has an injury history, whereas Harden is just, you know, every game all the time. Playing it's amazing minutes, his like shots. longevity, despite the fact that he is, you know, just like he's an all-star who's been putting up ridiculous numbers Dude, and ridiculous drives minutes. the rim and takes contact right and, and uh, doesn't miss no games. one considers him to be an alpha you know body like lebron or like in tip-top shape all the time there was fat harden to begin the season um he's just you know 
pretty lucky, I think, and has pretty good conditioning, I guess. And he's def. I mean, the longer LeBron's out, the more likely it is, I think, that Giannis and Harden and Dame and Luca, if they start going on a run, are going to have oh real don't, real don't chances. Don't forget about the honeypot. Oh sure, yeah. I but there's. I mean, I think there's like legitimately seven dudes. Oh yeah. That if the no. teams do well going forward, you could really see them. And LeBron stays out. Right. Uh, quickly, before we get into our waiver ads for this week and start talking, uh, start talking waiver ads and DFS picks. Uh, what's your quick thoughts on Andre Drummond to the Lakers? Since that's what kind of sparked my whole uh, annoyances. I think that is perfect for him and perfect for the Lakers right now. They just yep. need bodies up front. Yep. You know, like they're they're not getting that much production from Big Spain, and Drummond is still young. He's like 26, I think, 27 maybe. Uh, and he can do, he can still do what he's been doing for the past eight, nine years. He can hoover up boards. He can get you some offense. He's not a perimeter threat, but, you know, he can play make a little bit. Like he's a competent, substantive, good regular season player. He's not a great defensive force, but you don't need him to be anything more than he is. And right now he can keep you afloat. And if you lose two less games because he's there, then it was absolutely worth it because it means that, you know, maybe AD doesn't have to rush back and you can drink water a little bit. Yeah. I bet you AD doesn't step onto the court until the playoffs. I wouldn't if I was, I mean, I would do the exact same thing. If I saw Kevin Durant hit the court, I'd be like, okay, AD, you're on the court. Like, you know, this is, this feels like a staring match between the Lakers and the Nets where it's like, we're probably going to meet up in the finals. So we're probably not going to play our best guys since they're all happen to be, you know, have good excuses for not being on the court. We're going to milk that for all it's worth. Agree. Uh, except that I think I would want my players back for the three games prior just to sort sure. of tune up get in rhythm but you know like play 12 minutes whatever yeah um drum i don't think drum changes the playoff picture really assuming full health for the lakers i mean maybe he does but i think lamarcus in brooklyn is actually more significant Hmm. just because uh i mean his mid-range is still dominant he's a better rim protector than he gets credit for mainly because like he has a seven five wingspan and so it's like if you just stand in front and hold your arms up like you're you know it's it's gonna be better than what blake can do um he's what he's 53 percent rostered right now lma i don't really know like he's 13 points per game four boards i i i I don't think they're going to play him too much, but they they get to play matchups now however they want to. They have the most front court depth in the NBA, I think. Yeah, um, totally. And that's going to be extremely helpful when you want to kick the shit out of Joel Embiid and just throw bodies at him and ditto with the Lakers. Yep. And, you know, depending on the team, like th- they can afford the fouls on like Joker and yeah. on Rudy Gobert because their offense is so high powered. So it's like, we don't fucking care if DJ fouls out. Fine. Sure. Yeah. Go to the line as much as you want, man. We're still better than you. Uh, I think that's a good point. I think that 
for fantasy wise, LaMarcus Aldridge, I don't see it as too much of a bump in terms of his usage. I think he's going to have a more real basketball than fantasy basketball impact for the Nets. And Him then, and Harden are going to play well together, though. They are like, going to play That's really going to be together. a pretty that's nice be a good tandem. Duo. And then for uh, Drum, if you've held on to Drum this long, like, <laughs> good for you because he's about – you're he, he, he for the rest of this regular season, he's going to average, like, 12 points and 16 boards. So good for you if you've held on to him this long. Yeah. And I mean, depending like he, he could be the best player on the Lakers right now that can actually play. Um, yeah. Since, since our Kuzma, our Kuzma hype kind of is dead mm. in the water. Damn you Kuzma making us look bad, dude. But it's also tough because it's like, okay, now you're our second best player. And you know, Schroeder is not the distributor that LeBron you know like you're just not getting passes from LeBron anymore so it's like that's a big fucking change um and like Vogel isn't like known as some offensive mastermind coach you know so um but yeah I agree like I I was hoping for more from Kyle but you know there I mean the Lakers just aren't a good team right now and Drummond is a solid enough player to sort of get them back to like a 500 kind of pace i think agreed agreed all right let's move on to waiver wire ads let's let's start let's start talking some real fantasy basketball content uh we do this Ooh, every ouch. week burn to blake and lma and drum they're real <laughs> i think drum still has a 90 plus percent oh he's oh rate. drum i mean yeah. drum you know what you're getting with drum drum no one's really changed you know dude LMA, i bet his first game as a roster. laker he gets 20 and 20 or something oh yeah close. and people but, are gonna lose their minds over it and right and lakers fans are gonna be like this is the best signing since we got kareem drum is 26 you know it's like there's it's so strange that uh that fucking that trade with cleveland that trade was him, just just idiotic just dumb on every level yeah whatever uh, it's fine so go ahead excuse me <laughs> All right, we got four tiers of waiver wire ads. If you've never listened to us before, we got our dunks 70% and under rostered on ESPN for those guys who are, you should be rostering. They're going to get rostered. You know, they're going to be over 70% rostered real soon. These are the last set guys to get in on layups, 50% and under open threes, 35% and under rostered. And then finally our long twos, 20% and under rostered. Those are the hidden gems of the fantasy basketball world. I will start us off since we were talking so much about big men because those were the men who are bought out and uh, recently found new teams. And we talked about, I've talked about him a lot recently. We have talked about the clock blocker, Robert Williams, the third, probably too much ad nauseum the last few shows, but dude, but they like him enough not to fucking pay for drum or to but try you to figure something else out. To add this man, he is 66% rostered on ESPN. The clock blocker is the 12th best player in fantasy basketball this last month. Jeez. the 12th best Jeez. player and you can get him for free uh like natty alluded to we talked about this on our uh on our nba trade deadline podcast that came out earlier this week or last week i guess uh he is this trade the trade of daniel tice opened up a starting spot for robert williams and in that he's last started the last two games for the celtics eight points 11.5 boards four assists and the creme de la creme baby 5.5 stocks he's averaging 5.5 stocks in those two games two steals and 3.5 blocks uh yeah this i will i will bring up robert williams in every single goddamn podcast until he is over 70 percent rostered so if you want me to shut up about him go roster him 
he's not even a boyfriend. You're engaged. Oh, like, we, yes. You've sent out invitations. There's <laughs> the wedding. The wedding is down. coming soon. You're my best man. I hope that's okay. Sure. I introduced you guys, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but what about all these other, I I mean, there's, if he turns into what they think, then all of a sudden Danny Ainge looks a lot smarter and like, you know, this criticism about like, but you had all those picks and what did we get out of it? Like if he turns, if they have another all-star caliber player, then all that shit goes away, I think. Yeah. And he's been, he's one of the things too, in a real football, a real basketball level, uh, he's been the linchpin of their like zone defense, which has been really effective recently when they kind of like spice things up and switch to that. So he, he's just is having an impact everywhere. And I'd love to see the fact that the clock blocker is getting the minutes he deserves, the role he deserves and the recognition that he deserves. Uh, Natty, what's your dunk for this week? I like that. He plays a little bit bigger than he is too. A lot bigger than he is. You know? Um, okay. My dunk this week is not necessarily a guy that you want on your dynasty team forever, but while Ricky Rubio is playing this well and before D'Angelo Russell comes back, which could be a week, two weeks, maybe not at all, depending on what happens with the team, uh, Rubio is a top 50 player over the last month in ESPN Basic. He's 66% owned, rostered rather. Since February 28th, Rubio is fourth in minutes per game for Minnesota. His numbers are 10 plus points per game, eight plus assists per game, three plus boards, and over a steal per game. The eight assists. Let's talk about that. Only seven players are averaging eight dimes on the season. Harden, Westbrook, Trey Young, Luca. CP3 Joker and Draymond Green, which is just fucking great. Um, so that's what Rubio has been giving you over the past month. That All of those guys are obviously much higher rostered than Rubio is right now. He is 11th in total assists on the season. Everybody needs dime every, dimes every year. Uh, this is a guy who's cheaper than most. You can get him at a discounted rate in a trade because maybe he won't be getting you these numbers in two weeks if D'Angelo Russell comes back. But you can ride the Rubio wave while it's happening. Top 50 production is top 50 production. Yeah, I totally agree. He's a perfect guy who I think is someone who you either, if he's on waivers, you add him and you, like you said, ride the wave and someone who you can like add and maybe then trade away after a couple games, especially if we get like confirmation of when D'Angelo Russell is returning. But the Timberwolves are also so damn bad I, it'll be interesting to see what they do with D'Angelo Russell because they could either go the route of what the Thunder are doing, which is like, we're going to bench, you know, all we're, we're just going to play our young guys and we're just going to see what happens. Uh, and the Timberwolves are bad enough that they could be like, all right, we're just going to kind of play now for draft position. Uh, or on the flip side, I could see since they have had such little time with DAR and cat on the court at the same time. And they made such an investment to get DAR that they're going to be like, okay, as soon as DAR is healthy, they're going to be like, we're putting on the court. We got to see what we have in terms of these two young players uh, along with Anthony Edwards. But I mean, yeah, like you said, eight assists per game over the last month. That is, that is hundred percent fantasy worthy top 12 for the whole season in terms of just volume. Yeah. Um, if, if I'm, if I'm the Timbercats, I'm like, yo, DAR, if you're healthy enough to play, then we'll do it. But you're coming off the fucking bench because Anthony Edwards took your place as the second most important player on this team. You can't hinder 
and no for no. the rest of this season no if da oh is gonna come in and play like he used to then no fucking way uh-uh you can just come off the bench and be a scorer like we don't care you're we got you for carl anthony towns because you guys are buddies but this is this is the ants year this is for anthony edwards and his development and i think rubio is probably a better fit for his benefit for mm. anthony edwards benefit than dar next year but i don't uh, know yeah, can we, can we before we before I give my uh, my layup, I do quickly want to say uh, everyone was stressing hardcore, or everyone had some like you know really snide remarks about uh, Anthony Edwards at the start of the NBA season. Over the last month, my man, twenty four points per game. Get at me. He, I mean, I it's was not efficient. It's I was not skeptical. pretty. It's not pretty, but it's points. The man can score. He's, I mean, yeah, he's getting the opportunity to. And he's a rookie. He's only going right. to get better. And he just seems like a great guy. So I'm firmly on the Anthony Edwards uh, uh, train. Uh, speaking of the Oklahoma City Thunder, <clears throat> my layup this week. Thank you very much. My layup this week, Moses Brown, 43% rostered. Uh, the Thunder are benching Al Horford for the rest of the year, which is sad. I love Al Horford. He deserves better. I kind of hoped that they would like buy him out and maybe the Celtics could bring him back as like a very, very small role. Uh, but anyways, I think he's technically injured and, and they're doing that whole exaggerated thing, whatever. Basically the Thunder is benching all of their veteran players and they're saying, we're going to play our young guys and we're going to see what we got. He started the la- three out of the last four games for the Thunder. And in those four games, he's averaging 14.3 points, 16.8 boards, one steal and 1.8 blocks. I, in fact, just added him in my dynasty league. Uh, Who did I drop for him? I dropped someone probably better than I should have, but I had so little space for him and I needed to, I needed to snag him while the getting was good. Joel Embiid. I'm picking up this kid. (laughs) That guy is garbage. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, he's a guy, especially if you're in dynasty leagues, like, the thunder are doing exactly what, you know, they are putting their young guys on display and they are seeing what they've got. And if Moses Brown keeps averaging a double, double, uh, and getting you, you know, two and a half to three stocks per game, the thunder that he, like, he's going to be in the thunder's long-term plans then. And so dynasty leagues, obviously he's a great get, uh, and just in regular leagues and redraft leagues, the man's averaging 16 boards per game over his last four games. Uh, so, He's he he is a challenging drum for the uh, who's the better rebound vacuum. The front court of the Oklahoma City Thunder is super duper young for the rest of the season. I think all three guys that are in the sort of four and five rotation are worthy of keeping on your watch list, if not picking up outright Um, with Horford, I think. If they buy him out, or I think if they agree to a buyout in the offseason, it's better for the cap picture or it's easier somehow. I forget what the exact mm, rules okay. are, but I think he didn't get traded because there's two years left on his contract. And maybe that's why they didn't buy him out during this season. Also, the Thunder have all the picks in the world. So I could really see like, you know, Horford and a pick they don't need like getting him moved if they want to do something like that. So it seems like Horford's okay with it. From what I read, it was kind of a mutual decision. He's like, yeah, whatever, man, I'm getting paid. Like (laughs) we're we're not doing anything. Um, And I don't want to get injured. But it is sort of strange that you couldn't find, like he would have been signed by somebody. Totally. 
yeah, I yeah. mean, like him in Portland would have been, but whatever. Um, okay, my layup. This guy is 31% rostered. He also, I is... dropped Terrence Ross for Moses Brown. That's who I dropped. So, oh, T-Sizzle, come on. I know, but he's injured right now, and I need immediate sure. production. Totally. Anyways, and who the that's fuck a, knows I just wanted to also give you an example, Natty, of what it feels like to like be starting your train of thought and then have someone just interject with a thing, something you thought we'd already passed. You got to stay up on your toes. <laughs> you know, you got to, you need lateral movement, creativity. Shit's going to happen during a game, dude. And you like, got to be ready. ready. See, look at that jinx. Oh, I love you. Air high five. Nailed it. <laughs> My layup has been the 102nd best player over the past month. But over the past two weeks, he's number 42 on the player rate. Ooh. Uh, Derek White, who is a guard, since February 28th, he's third in minutes on the Spurs, third in shots. Like, it's, you know, it's him, DeMar DeChosen, and DeJounte Murray in the backcourt. White's averaging 13-plus points per game, three-plus boards, three-plus dimes, and over a block a game. Ooh, you would love to see that from a guard. Yeah, yeah, you sure are, because... Here are the six players who can match or exceed those averages on the season. Six players, by the way. So 13, three, and three, and a block per game or better. Embiid, Durant, Giannis, Cat, AD, and Bam. <laughs> seems Derek good. White is six four. He's seems, six. Seems like a good, uh, good group four. to be with. Derek White has as many total blocks over the past month as Dwight Howard, Isaiah Stewart, and Carl Anthony Towns. Love it. That kind of production is nice from year one or year two. Um, he's not, you know, a player that should be like 60% rostered, but he is 26 years old. And along with the other two dudes I mentioned, DeJounte and DeChosen, like that's the Spurs backcourt going forward. They're totally. going to figure out the wings and the front court. Um, he's a solid player that gives you. I think when all is said and done, top 75 production. But if he keeps up with these blocks, and he's, then he'll stay in the top 50 for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I also like him to be a guy who his value could go up uh, a good tick, especially with LaMarcus Aldridge no longer on the roster, not because they play the same position at all, but because it opens up shots. You know, Aldridge sure. a- a- averaged 11.8 shots uh, attempts per game. He's gone. Derek White was number four with 11.2. And so even if Derek White averages 12 or 13 shots per game, like you're going to see his county stats go up. Certainly, you know, his scoring, he's at the most efficient score. He's 38% uh, from the field this year, but, uh, but you'll see that scoring go up. And like, I mean, three, three, you know, three rebounds, three assists. And if you get 13 to 14 points per game added with the block coming from a guard position, you're very happy with that. And those minutes and shots are safe. Like you don't even yeah, need to totally. worry about it. Right, right. He's a young guy who's in the future plans for for the Spurs, and so they're uh, they're not going to. What did you think? Did you see who said it? Was it Candace Parker who said that Demar Derozan, if he was on a bigger market team, would be, or it was in a previous generation, would be as good as Michael Jordan? I did not see that. Um, Let me see if I could that's pull not, up the quote. Not defensively. That's for sure. Michael Jordan. 
<laughs> I love everyone knows I love to chosen. I love Damar. I've loved him forever. He does play a little bit of a nostalgic game, but he's become a distributor. Like he is, he did change the way that he plays in totally. San Antonio. Um, he's not, he's not a guy that shoots threes. That's totally fine. You don't need to be that guy in order to score over 20 points per game efficiently. And what is he like over five or six assists per game? Um, he's, it seems like he and the Spurs like each other. So yeah, I don't know what like he's going to do in the off season, but if they're like willing to give him another contract, I mean, maybe he could go back to Toronto with, you know, Kyle, if they resign Lowry, like, I don't know, I think, but I do think that DeRozan will have suitors um, when he's available. Yeah. Uh, it was Candace Parker, and she was talking about how she thought that uh, DeMar DeRozan would be dominant in the 90s, which I'm here for. His game does translate well. Yeah, but he wouldn't have been better than Clyde Drexler. No. So like, if you're not going to be like one of the two best guards, like he just can't play defense like some of those guys could. Right. Not that. Right. Whatever. I I mean, Michael Jordan comparisons are always ridiculous, but it's, it, it's fine. Like I get this. I savvy the emotion, you know, like yeah, this, he's a mid range guy that drives. He seems like an older generation kind of player in yeah. terms of style. Uh, all right. Well, we, before we get to our uh, final two categories of waiver wires, let's uh, let's take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back. Uh, my open three for this week, 35% under and rostered, 35% rostered, undered, whatever. Uh, nothing fancy here, just someone who's fundamentally sound, you trustworthy, and uh, you know he has a special place in my heart for his brief period with the Celtics. Jay Crowder, 30% mm. rostered, starting for the Phoenix Suns. You like to see that? Yeah, uh, and helping their defense. Yeah, on the season, 10.2 points, five rebounds, two assists, 1.1 stocks. Nothing more than just a streaming option here, but he is a guy who I like a lot as, you know, if you are in a jam any given week and you need someone who you can just trust to reliably get you points, Jay Crowder is there for you. Likely available in your league. You can just add him for a week, especially if the Suns, you know, have a particularly good schedule uh, or, or play a particularly high number of games. He's going to get you, you know, 15, 20 fantasy points uh, a week, and you're happy to see that, or a game. He's fourth in minutes on the Suns over the past month. He's shooting 
nearly 40% from deep on six attempts per game. Like Jay Crowder is who Jay Crowder is. And he's the sort of player that everybody can always use the closer you get to the playoffs. Um, So yeah, I like that a lot. And I, I really like how Phoenix has been playing recently. They look good. Oh my God. They look this Phoenix Suns team. Every time I think about the West, I just need to like, I mean, I shouldn't, it shouldn't come as a surprise given the fact that they were undefeated in the bubble. Uh, but the addition of Chris Paul, like there's, have you heard this argument too, that people are arguing that Chris Paul should be in the MVP conversation solely because of the fact that like he joined the Suns and now the Suns are 31 and 14 in second place in the West. They have the third best defensive rating in the NBA. Like that's you insane. That. Yeah, that is insane. Um, they also have the, what, the third best winning percentage in the NBA behind the Jazz and the Sixers. Every time Chris Paul goes to a team, he makes They're them good! so much, so much, so much better. Remember how good the Thunder were last year? Like there's, um, I, th- I do feel like in a world without a clear MVP front runner, and that's dependent on games missed for Embiid and LeBron, then he's one of the guys that you should consider because this is like, this is kind of, a war of attrition for the MVP this season, you know, who can play enough games so that you do feel comfortable giving them the award. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Who's your long three for this week? My long three is another J J Sean Tate. He is 26% rostered Pete. He's, he's the 65th best player over the past month. This is like, this is, this is the exact, this is my Robert Williams where it's like, look, if you guys don't want to hear us talk about these guys, roster them more because otherwise we're just going to keep talking about them. But I don't want to get married to Jay Sean. Like I just want to be able, it's just just, see him on the side. You're a regular booty call. Neither of us have to get serious about it, but it's like some nights, like, you know, let's just, I'm bored. Let's go. Yeah. Let's Netflix and chill. And you can always depend on it because uh, depend on him because Jay Sean is first in total minutes on his team over the past 30 days. Like he gets those opportunities. He gets those minutes. It makes all of the volume grow. He's 11 plus points per game, six plus boards per game, two plus dimes, one plus steal. That's nice. Love it. Shooting 48% from the floor. He's not a three point shooter, but like we just talked about, that's not the only important thing in the world. Uh, only 11 players are averaging 11, six, two, and one on the season. Embiid, Luca, Giannis, Joker, Kawhi, LeBron, the brow, Chris Middleton, Demonis Sabonis, Ben Simmons, and Thaddeus Young, our favorite. He has, Jay Sean Tate has the same field goal percentage as Kyrie Irving on the season, 52%. That's nice. And he has a 59 true shooting percentage since February 1st. 60 is usually when you start getting pretty excited. So he gets volume. That's I'm just going to keep pushing this. He is a solid player on a seriously bad team. And they keep him out there because his defense helps them so much. So while he keeps getting minutes and he keeps getting shots and he keeps getting you counting stats and he does it efficiently, there's no reason why you shouldn't want a top 75 player. Yeah. And he, he's, he's like Moses Brown too, in the sense that like the Rockets are trying to see what they got for the future. And Jay Sean Tate, he was drafted. Like they know that he is going to be a part of their team. So if he's available and you're in a dynasty league, 
100% add him. Like he is a great guy to go get in a dynasty league because of the fact that he's played really well. His defense is going to keep him on the court uh, and keep him with reliable minutes moving forward. And then once his offensive game fully develops and maturates, look at me dropping a big word. Uh, not that maturate is really a big word, but you know, sometimes I like, to I bet it is. Bit. I bet it's a really specific scientific <laughs> term. <laughs> uh, then he's only, you know, his p- fantasy potential is only going to get better. He's under 30% rostered and he's a top 75 player. That's I mean, what are we doing here? People? What are we yeah. doing here? That's what we're here for. We are here to tell you the fact that there's a lot of guys who are on your fantasy team currently who are worse than a lot of guys right. out there on the fantasy waiver wire. And like and I, I said, know, this is not, I know it's hard material. to say no, right. It's hard. No to, romance, hard to, all business, all business. It's hard to like say no to these people or hard to like turn someone down. But you know, if you're still hanging out hope for, I don't know, let me do some quick scouring. Oh my God. This is, I was just about to pick someone and now it's really crushing because John wall is on my team. John wall, 140 on the year. Like, you know, there are people who are better than who are on your fantasy anyways. And he's just not playing as much. I mean, I love he's just Dr. not playing. Wall, I know. I kind of, I, he's another guy where I'd be like, maybe we should shut you down for the season. I, yeah. Part, part of me wants the Rockets to do that just so that I can then very clearly and obviously get him off my uh, fancy team. All right, let's wrap up waiver wires with our long two. These guys are 20%. And under rostered in ESPN, uh, and my guy Nikhil Alexander Walker uh, for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans has started the last four game for an injured Lonzo, and in those games, averaging 18 points, five boards, 2.5 assists, 2.3 stocks. You like to see that, mm-hmm. and shooting 42% from three on nine attempts. Uh, obviously, he's fantasy viable as long as he's starting, but he's also a guy again who you might be streaming now but then you end up keeping on your roster because he's playing himself into a bigger role. Even if Lonzo or even when Lonzo comes back, he's been playing well. Uh, and certainly is someone who you should be riding this hot streak. Like, I don't know why they, d- he should play more than Eric Bledsoe. He just, should. Oh my God. A hundred percent. I, I feel a little bit bad for Bledsoe, but he's 31. He's made his money and it's just not working. Like he's a sub 30% shooter this year from three. Um, over the past month, he's shooting 34% from the field. Like, come on, that's give it to the kids, get Kira out there, get Naw out there. Especially um, since like Eric Bledsoe doesn't fit their timeline. Like they tra- traded JJ Redick because he doesn't fit their timeline. Eric Bledsoe is 31 years old. Like he's not, it's not the core of Brandon Ingram, Zion and Bledsoe. That's going to take you. It's, it's going to be, you know, Brandon Ingram, Zion, if you stick, if Lonzo sticks around though, I don't think that's happening. He came out and said that he wants to play for the Knicks or the bulls. Uh, he doesn't like new Orleans, which all right, chill. Lonzo, Lonzo said that. Yeah. Or I don't know. His agent said that someone said that things have been said. Yikes. Shots have been fired. What are we doing? Um, Bledsoe disregarding the timeline shit. Like he's, he was there to provide a defensive backcourt presence and it's just not, as effective as they thought it would be so if he's not doing what i mean the whole defense but his literal purpose of the team is and like the reason stan van gundy's there and like i mean you know zion's looked better on defense recently but i Mm -hmm. haven't really seen like a huge progression from ingram i mean lonzo's good i i just don't think that bledsoe is helping the team plus like you said he doesn't fit so 
uh, I yeah. don't know what they'll do with him in the offseason, but I really give, don't think he'll be there next year. Give the starting spot to Nikhil Alexander-Walker. It's that easy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 40% from three over the past month. Yeah, I like there's no reason. Bledsoe is literally hurting your team. So put someone else in there. You should be, you should be when, when Lonzo ball comes back, it should be Lonzo, NAW, Brandon Ingram, Zion, Steven Adams. There's your starting five. Totally. Ride, like ride with it and never look back. Uh, who's your long two? My long two is another volume play. Nerland's Knoll is 17% oh, rostered. He is number 54 on the player Raider over the past month. Mitch Rob broke his foot. He is probably gone bye-bye for quite a while. Wait, and he so, got injured again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. It's And the Knicks aren't getting drums. So this is Nerland time. He is going to play a fuckload over the rest of the season. Um, he's 26 years old, by the way. He seems older than that to me, but he's not. Uh, you know who also he, is 26? Who's that? Andre Drummond. Yeah, and the Knicks could have. I mean, I guess he hasn't been signed by the Lakers yet. If the if the Knicks came in and were like, "Hey, here's all the fifteen million dollars we have in cap space," and you know, Maybe. like you'll you'll start for us, and Maybe. you can do whatever you want, really. Maybe I, I don't know. Drum all of a sudden has like all these other options, which is great. I love Drum. I love Drumothy. I miss him on the Pistons, even though Mason Plumlee has been fine. Um. Anyway, Noel, uh, 28 plus minutes per game, six plus points per game, seven plus boards, one plus steal, two plus blocks, 71% from the floor over the past month. Only four players are averaging over two blocks per game on the season. Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella, and Nerlens Noel. So you get that elite stat production for the rest of the season now. You should, that like, just don't even look at his point total. When you no, look at box scores, right. don't like don't watch him score when, when you watch a Knicks game. Like turn away. Um, he's super efficient, but he's not on your team for scoring. He's there for boards and he's there for blocks. He's the, also the only one of those four guys, Miles Turner, Gobert, Capella, uh, to also average a steal a game. So that's another nice counting stat for a guy who's already an elite dude. Um, this is like I said, purely volume. And there's just, unless they do an 11th hour drum deal, there's nobody else on the Knicks that can soak up the minutes that they had reserved for Mitch Robb. Yeah. Nope. I absolutely love this. We were, we were endorsing Nerlens Noel big time when Mitch Robb first went down and yeah. Noel came in and started and, you know, got you average, you know, whatever, six points, eight boards, and then, you know, uh, three stocks. So he more than outshined uh, what you were expecting for him. And then, Mitch Rob came back and I thought that was the end of it, but nope, he is injured again. And so Nerlens Noel is going to go back into that starting lineup, but he's going to go back to getting you the occasional double, double. But like you said, Natty, I mean, you are, you are rostering him because he is a lock for at least seven boards and he's a lock for at least two blocks. And that's, that is well worth doing when he's, you know, under 20% rostered in your league. Volume, volume, volume. And I do have, I do have two heaves this week. Also, volume right. plays from the logo. Real quick, exactly. Poku, like before, um, obviously, with Horford not playing anymore, 
And with SGA getting injured, Poku was already third in minutes per game for the Thunder over the past month. So that's 10 points, seven rebounds, three assists, but bad ratios. Who cares? It's cheap volume. Now with Shy out, in the two games since SGA got hurt, Poku's averaging five dimes per game. Like his minutes are entirely safe they don't care about the bad ratios and the bad shooting and neither do you because you just want the volume especially if he's going to distribute it seems like he really likes passing the ball um the other one is another power forward chuma okeke on the orlando magic he's 19 percent rostered he's starting for them now that everybody else is gone uh in his last game he had 22 points six boards four dimes and two steals i'll take that for free no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, sir. And in fact, your boy at the kind words of fellow podcast host, Natty Wallach, uh, just rostered him. Oh, did you pick him up? I did. I dropped Kobe white. You were all, you got me in my head about Kobe white. So I dropped him. Now that Vooch is there and, and Sadaransky yeah. is starting like there's, I mean, I like Kobe white and he's a fun player, but, but he's, but he's gone. He's gone from like a fantasy name to like a good player, basketball, real basketball wise and a fine fantasy. Like he'll great have hair. games, but he's not, he's great hair. I mean, if you're, if you get points for hair, he's, you know, gotta be a first. And you pick. should. Yeah. Players should I feel like we've points. talked about this, this kind of <laughs> league before it, this will, we'll combine this with our uh, points for fouls. Uh, totally. League. And I think we'll, I think, that's still, I still think Dwight Howard is 101 because Dwight Howard also always has good hair. But it should also, like, Caruso should get points for not. Mm, mm, mm. Well, going. for like, it's right. It's like your hair look, it's like your hair vibe. Yeah. Caruso yeah, 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 definitely totally. gets points because going bald when you're 22 years old, that's a look. That's a stance. And not just, you know, straight shaving your head. Like, this no, is like, like, he's watch legit it bald. happen. Yeah. Yeah. We watched it in real time and he steered into it. No, no fake hairlines. If only someone fake, else fake on his balls. team could, could take a, uh, could t- take a lesson from him. Uh, all right. It's time for studs and duds uh, where both Natty and I pick one player who we think will perform above average in DFS fantasy this coming week. And one who will underperform Natty. I believe last week went one and one again. So he is mm, eight and geez. six on the year. And your boy went 0 and two again. Now I'm nine and five. This is not Uh-oh. good. I was up big. I was up nine and one, nine to one. I had a comfortable lead. I was coming in for that victory at the end of the season. And now suddenly it's a close game and I'm not here for it. So my stud this week, I am hoping that this man, he has been on the slump. I've been on the slump. We're getting out of this together. This is Joe Harris week, baby. Ooh. Uh, the Nets play the Timberwolves, the Rockets, the Hornets, the Bulls. Joe yeah. Harris is, is going to Jesus. come out of this week getting back on fire from downtown from long range. He is a trustworthy role in the in Brooklyn. He's obviously starting. He's obviously one of their pinnacle offensive guys. He's going to get his shit together. I'm going to get my shit together. And that's how we're going to get this win this week. I love this. I also am convinced that Brooklyn Joe is going to have a Ray Allen moment in the playoffs mm. where yes, he 100%. wins a game last second on a quarter oh. three. And everyone's just like, that's why he's here. That's, that's why, why you, have that's why you Brooklyn get Brooklyn Joe. Joe. That's why you'll get Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. I would like to, uh, if there's any like uh, Bodava or whatever, Bovada uh, or, or, or draft King, or if anyone, any gambler or any, uh, any bookie out there wants to give me odds on, Joe Harris hitting a clutch three-point game winner in 
round, I don't know, five of the NBA finals. <laughs> I will put I will put money on that. Give me my odds and I'll put money and on you, it. And you can just hear the press conferences by the other players already. You know, Kyrie being like, well, we trust him. That's why yeah, he's here. We that's knew our guy. He, we know he that's can make guy. those shots. That's Kevin Durant was trade. open at the top of the key, but you know what? I was like, I saw Joe Harris with three defenders on him in the corner, and I was like, fuck it. Let's let Brooklyn Joe ride, and then he'll drain it. I, I, I love that. He It's so bizarre that he's the last man standing from like the previous <laughs> I know. Nets team. Spencer it's Dinwiddie's like, still I, there, I, though. I my, he's just injured. Oh, right? and he might actually come back. I just read that's fucking crazy. Saucy, low key. uh, That'd be, I mean, a great real basketball edition and fantasy edition. Uh, Let's have depth, depth, depth. And that's, it's a little terrifying. Yeah. Who's your stud this week? My stud. I mentioned him earlier, Mason Plumley. So the very definition of not sexy, but gets the job done. And during these COVID times, that's really all you can ask for. He's averaging 10 plus points per game, nine plus boards, three plus assists. That's nice. Mm. This week, the Detroit Pistons get to play the Raptors, the Trailblazers, the Wizards, and the Knicks. Love it. Toronto is a bottom 10, has a bottom 10 defensive rating this season as a team. The Blazers have the worst defense over the past 15 games in the NBA, the worst defense. Uh, the Wizards have the fifth worst defensive rating on the season, and the Knicks have a good defense, but Plumlee has played pretty even with Nerlens in the previous two meetings between these two teams this year. So I think Mason's going to have, you know, like 12 points per game and maybe four dimes, you know, like it's not going to be an eruption of fantasy gold, but he will beat his stat line on the season, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? sometimes when you sneak a guy like that in your DFS lineup, like that's the difference maker you get cheap. You get a guy who's cheap, but uh, gives you solid production. Right. And because he doesn't average a double, double, but gets close, you know, 10 right. and nine, like, come on people. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be underpriced. Uh, my dud this week, uh, Andrew Wiggins. I feel like mm. he's been playing really well or he's been playing well, but his, his uh, efficiency hasn't been great. And he gets to play the Bulls, the Heat, the Raptors, and the Hawks uh, this week. And Andrew Wiggins versus specifically Jimmy Butler doesn't excite me in a lot of things. And somehow the Hawks have gone from like the absolute worst defense last year to being a good fantasy defense this year. So, uh, yeah, I think Andrew Wiggins will have a a tough time this week. And I think they're playing it pretty conservatively with DeAndre Hunter, the Hawks best young defender. So if he doesn't play, that could also help, but, or if he does play, then it would, if he does, right. If he's, if he's on, then that'll also certainly uh, hinder what Wiggins ceiling is. My dud. See, I'm going big this week. All right. All right. Good. This is, this is, I need you to go. Owen too. So I can start rebuilding my lead again. This is for you, buddy. So I was going to do Jared Allen because the Cavs play Utah, the Sixers, and the Heat. Um, But he got concussed. And so I sort of feel like 
well, shit, I can't, I don't want to win dud by default. Like if he just doesn't play and if he's really hurt, then that. What a pro strat of just picking an injured. My dud this week, Kevin Durant. He will get you zero points. (laughs) Patrick Ewing. Oh, he doesn't play. Exactly. (laughs) So instead I'm going with the Hawks and I'm going with Ice Trey Young. One of the most dynamic fantasy players out there. And I am doing that for several reasons. Here they are. They, the Hawks play Phoenix, which yep. has the third best offensive rating in the NBA, and CP3 will be guarding him. They play the Spurs, a team with a top 10 defensive rating, DeJounte Murray, and his long, long, long arms will be defending him there. Nolans, who don't have a good defense, but if Lonzo's back, he's a good defender, and, you know, like Bledsoe, so they can just, like, throw dudes at him. And the Warriors, who have a top 10 defensive rating on the season also, and I just think, you know, they'll go hard at him as well. And I kind of wonder whether the sweet Lou in Atlanta might eat into his minutes a little bit, Trey Young. Like, maybe you don't need to play Trey as much as you were. Um, So... That's I think I that mean, combination like will coalesce in Trey having like one less point, you yeah. know, and one less time, blah, blah, blah. This is going to go e- either one of two ways for you, Natty. Either you're going to be look like a goddamn genius and it's going to happen and you're going to go two and oh in the week and you're going to overtake me. Or this is going to go the way of my G- Jonas Valanciunas is going to have a bad week last week in which he <laughs> averaged 15 points and 15 boards. Literally, we record this podcast on Sunday, and uh, I think it was I think it was Sunday night the Celtics played Memphis, and Jonas yeah. and Valanciunas got 19 boards, and I was like, "Fuck me, this is this dud is is already just absolute toast." And Memphis's defense is for real. Yeah, like, they're. I don't know, man. And 3J maybe coming back. They're they they're spicy. They are a they're a saucy team. Uh, all right, before we go, Natty, it's time for our new segment and your favorite segment. Natty says more shit. <laughs> what else do you got before we leave? Uh, the only thing <laughs> I really wanted to say is gotcha. that I am a little bit disappointed in what occurred at the trade deadline. I do sort of feel like the play-in games had a pretty big impact. I think if mm. the you had two more teams in each conference that were like, well, we're out of it. Yeah. And like didn't care about a one because they get to say, oh, well, this one game, we're in the playoffs. So win or lose, right. like we made the playoffs and you all and every general manager gets to put that on their resume. Like, don't fire sure. me. We made the playoffs three years ago. So I like I mean, I like the play-in because it's fun, but mm-hmm. I do mm-hmm. sort of feel like if we had had more clarity or if the trade deadline had been moved back like even a week, um, things would have been different. Like Al Horford should not be sitting out the rest of the year. I don't fucking care about his salary. Like you could, you, CP3 has been traded three times. <laughs> yeah. Russell Westbrook fucking Blake been traded Gri- twice. Yeah, like people can get traded and all these buyouts are a little bit troubling. I don't like I'm I'm not really sure if that's a great way to go moving forward. Like we're because hmm. these are also young players. Like Drummond isn't a guy that you should be giving 30 million dollars to in his next contract, but he is a dude that can fucking help you in the regular season. Yeah. 
Uh, do you think you think that if there wasn't a plan that Kyrie would have got uh, not Kyrie, uh, Kyle Lowry would have gotten traded? Do you think that's why the Raptors are clinging to the wee wee bits of hope that at the currently what the 11th in the East that they could sneak into the play in game? I, I don't. I think that that was a legitimate we we're not trading our franchise and and Kyle being like, I don't want like. I want to retire here. Maybe also like you have my bird rights. So maybe you can pay me big time over the next mm. two years. Mm-hmm. If you don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a great floor general. I'm the best player you've ever had. I'm still good. Ooh, I'm shots still- fired at Kawhi Leonard. Well, I mean, the team was good <laughs> without Kawhi, right? True. Like he true. wasn't, uh, I, th- you always do that trade. You do it 110 times out of 100. It worked out perfectly, and they got what they wanted. But yeah. uh, Lowry means more to that franchise than a lot of players mean to any franchise. And that's you know, super like, true. and if you weren't going to get something real good back, then why do it? Yeah, like, who cares? I don't. I don't really know what the certainly what the Lakers would offer. The Heat, like, if if the Heat were just like, now nah, we're not trading Hero, then it's like, okay, then we're not we're not doing that trade. And ah, shit, man, with the way heroes played this season, I'm not even sure that like you care that much. So I don't know. Also, it was hard. It's hard to trade Kyle's salary. Like you can't just do it with any team. Um, So I'm glad he stayed. Uh, I, I wish that Portland had gotten another defensive minded big Mm. Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. had just been able to do something to help their defense because it is so, so bad. It's so, so, so bad. Uh, whatever. So not much to say. And, and like we said everything about the trade deadline last week anyway. Ooh, so go listen to that podcast. There you go. And in order to get that podcast, you know what you got to do, Natty? Subscribe to the fake teams. Yeah, there you, you go. do. Subscribe to the Fake Teams Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you not only get us, but also our fantasy football and fantasy baseball shows. Fantasy baseball season is starting up, so make sure you subscribe. Starts Friday, folks. There's a bunch of stuff on Fake Teams. We've gone through every position. A lot of good writing. Check it out. It'll help you. Boom. Until next week, uh, Natty, stay safe, my friend. You do the same. Have a good one, man. Peace.